Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Anthem Podcast. Bert here. We've been on a little unintentional hiatus throughout the month as uh, we've been preparing for a number of things that are coming up this summer and a few other projects, so stay tuned. Um, but I am back for a uh, a sort of a, a People of Anthem podcast. We've been doing this run on the Anthem podcast, um, interviewing people inside our church, trying to hear their stories, get to know them and how they've been shaped during this last year of, of the craziness. Um, and I'm back with a special episode of a People of Anthem parenthesis Camarillo podcast Booyah. Uh, because I've got Eric Anderson sitting across the table for me. Hi, Eric. Hey, Bert. Thanks for having me. This is uh, serves many different purposes for our church community and anyone who's listening on the podcast. One of which is uh, I, I think it's insanely helpful for people in our church to get to know some of the other people and leaders at the churches we're connected to and our family of churches. Um, but it's also directly helpful because this Sunday, so these, these podcasts come out uh, before the weekend, this Sunday, you're actually teaching for us in Ventura. I'm stoked. Actually, you're teaching for us and Camarillo. You're going to be in two places at once. At the same time. Well, many, M- many, places. many places at <laughs> once and times. This is like bizarro sci-fi where I, I defy time and space. It's very strange. Yes. It's weird. But I'm actually really grateful. So you're a pastor on staff with Anthem Camarillo. Um, and many of you listening know Kevin Bailey. He's been out to teach several times and good friend of ours. And just because of COVID or whatever, you actually haven't been out to Camarillo to teach. And our people have not gotten to know you in person. So I was hoping we could get to know you a little bit Love via it. podcast before uh, your face is on all of our big TVs this Sunday. Love it. So Eric, would you just give Not us- just my face, I should have to say. I wore a black shirt in <laughs> honor of Bert Alcorn. You know, I thought, I'm teaching Ventura. I got to make him comfortable. Make I, can't, him comfortable I can't yeah. wear my, you know, yeah. Hawaiian shirt. I got to go. I got to go black. <laughs> this isn't Calvary Chapel. Fair, fair point. Fair point. Such an inside baseball joke. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm from Santa Barbara. If you didn't know, Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara invented the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. If you didn't know that. Yeah. We are wearing black. I, I feel comfortable. I feel good, good. very safe and at home right now. Good. <laughs> like dark might, colors. No bright colors. You might need to cut all of this. I don't know if this is going to offend half no, of your church. we don't cut anything. So. We just let it go. <laughs> well, Eric, would you... Um, uh, you're fairly new on the team, and we'll get yeah. into that in a minute. But before we talk about that, more importantly, tell us about your family. So give us a little bit of who you are. You've got a wife. You've got kids. Uh, yep. Would love to hear just maybe a bit of your story. Yes, I am uh, Eric, as Bert said. I'm the husband of one wife. Her name is Karis. Uh, well the the good, father good of biblical qualification. Father of four children. Their names are Sven, Bjorn, Elsie, and Axel. I have a question. Hit me. Are you white? <laughs> <laughs> is your heritage Northern European? How did you know? <laughs> yes. Say the names again. Sven. Sven, Bjorn, Elsie, and Axel. I have to say, I also have kids. Um, when they heard your oldest was named Sven, they about lost their mind. Yeah. Frozen. It, it, did, it didn't help that he was born two weeks before the movie came out. Oh, okay. And, so you technically uh, got there first. We, we did get there first. We didn't help ourselves, though, when we named our daughter Elsie. Because uh, it's, you know. Did you mean Elsa? Well, you know. <laughs> you know. So, you know, I'll tell you a story of where Elsie came from later, but it's not for, it's not for virgin ears. So... <laughs> Like literally where she came from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this, we're going off the rails real quick here. Yeah. 
silly slap heavy so yeah wife sparkle water getting going right to our heads there you go wife four kids no pets we're not i'm not allowed to get a dog until uh a few years from now too much uh well, too much stuff. I'll put it that way uh, in the house already. Uh, yeah, we moved to Camarillo um, in January uh, last year. We got to move into our house. We're currently living two weeks before everything shut down, which is a both a, a just amazing gift of God's providence to be able to get in before it shut down and tremendously strange uh, to move somewhere and then have the world do what it just did. <laughs> that was 2020. Um, Where'd you move from? So we came here from Santa Barbara. I, both my wife and I grew up in Santa Barbara, spent some time away and, but then met there uh, post college and uh, got married. I was working as a youth pastor at a church in Santa Barbara called Santa Barbara Community Church. Uh, I served there for 13 years before, uh, yeah, getting the call to come down and, and join Kevin in Camarillo. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, um, what it's been like to, um, I'm not going to say Kevin bait and switched you, uh, cause, <laughs> cause he did not, um, not he knowingly, not, he was not the instigator yeah. of COVID-19, but you guys definitely came down with certain intentions around ministry, life, mission, partnership, staff, getting to know neighbors, all of that. And then mm-hmm. moved into a very different world. What, mm-hmm. What's that been like for you guys? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, how do I put it? In, in in some sense, it's a bait and switch. In some sense, not in that. Even coming on, there was a sense of exploration. Okay, let's see how this goes. There's there's certain responsibilities and tasks that I was hoping to uh, carry the load in and certainly got to do that. But then there was this added benefit of, okay, I'm, I'm here while everything gets exploded and then we try to put it back together. And in some sense, that's been really nice to get to be you know, in the room as we figure out what does it look like to put this church back together mm, as yeah. we put this world back together, sure, you know, that there's sure. a sense in which, uh, we're starting from ground zero, even though we're not, um, there was such a, a wonderful foundation laid, but, but we do have to figure things out, you know, not for the first time, but almost for the first time sure, again. And sure. to get to be there for that has, has been a, a total gift, uh, to feel, to feel welcome and, and a part of things. Yeah. Uh, so definitely strange time to do ministry. I'm a very relational person. I want to sit across the table from someone and hang out and talk and laugh and, and all of that. Uh, and so to have that be put on hold and, and hit the phone lines hard and, and yeah. wait a while before you can get coffee or lunch or whatever, uh, it's, it's been a, a surreal experience, a learning experience for sure. But what's it, what's it been like for your wife and your kiddos? Like kind of transplanting from no name. I don't, were you living in the same place for 13 years or? Like same city, but like, were you living in the same? We lived in, so or? our kids were all, yeah, born and raised in the same seven hundred square feet. Uh, all, all four <laughs> of them. I will, I'll note that upstairs, no Ooh. yard, so uh, it was tight. Yeah, um, and so it has been. That has been a huge gift for them. The kids yeah. have loved having a backyard, a little, yeah. a little, what a concept, a little right? patch of green weeds, <laughs> in, in you know, out your back door that they can play on, um, so to, to have a cul-de-sac where they can ride bikes and a park down the street for us to go to has just been amazing. Uh, we have so enjoyed getting to know our neighbors. You know, I, I don't know what it would have been like, uh, to try to get to know the neighborhood in a outside of, of COVID, mm, but yeah. the gift of COVID of keeping everyone home is we wow. have been given entree into people's lives that, you know, we went deep fast and so cool. that was really, really cool to yeah. be able to, to get to know our neighbors and, and, you know, 
under under the the veneer of clean suburbia is a lot of heartache and pain mm. and a lot of, a lot of just real stories. These are real three dimensional people. Yeah, and it takes a while to see those three dimensions. Yeah, uh, but but we've been thrust into it, which has been a gift. Um, yeah, that's cool. That said, obviously hard. Yeah, obviously difficult to move to a new place, and to write as you're ready to to start building community to say nope, like have that shut off and and you know, people have have their very small bubbles and they're going to define their bubble. And that usually doesn't include the new guy sure, uh, or the, sure. the new, the new family. Um, and so that was, that was, you know, a challenge, but we are, I feel like we're through that. Yeah. Uh, and in a new season, which is a gift. That's so good. Yeah. What is, um, you know, you'll be with us eventually in person, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever gatherings end up looking like and talent of COVID. And in the, in the meantime, uh, in, in a way of helping people get to know you, what mm-hmm. is something about you that people might not know unless you had to tell them? Yo, that's a great question. Uh, I'm, I'm completely unprepared. Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't prepare you with any questions. You know, I have I have my like pat answers and then my wife just mocks me. She's like, you led with that, you know. Uh, so something that we wouldn't know, I am very allergic to dairy. Oh, uh, you know, I yes. hate I hate to lead with food stuff, um, but that's that is true. You're very at um, home here in Ventura with that. Yes. Yeah. So my whole life I have been allergic. I can have butter, which is amazing. Oh. Um, staple of my diet. But uh, how on earth did you get a dairy allergy and somehow butter was exempted. Yeah. That's so like the grace of the Lord Jesus. Upon it is. Me. It is. I think it's, I'm allergic to the protein and oh. not the sugar. And so it's, Oh, so and that, that's what's there's so like la- lactose is sugar and then casein is the protein. And Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's different. Um, uh, another thing about me, um, uh, you know, you know, want to talk personality types, whatever yeah. your favorite test. Um, I test out is the person who hates personality types. So if you want to come <laughs> at me with your Enneagram or come at me with your Myers-Briggs, you know, I will graciously and charitably receive you and then roll my eyes when you turn around and be like, because uh, I hate those things. Um, now, but, I'm just like fascinated now. Now I just want to dig deeper into your Enneagram type. There you go. <laughs> Who's the jerk? I always test out as a jerk, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I'm no Enneagram expert, but uh, we've done quite a bit of, of work there around that and in terms of character and mm. spiritual development and everything like that. And, and from what I've seen and the people I've read, it's the type eights that are usually, it's it co- kind of nicknamed the challenger. Ah. And they're, type eights usually tend to be a bit more confrontational. Um, they tend to be the one that reject category uh, and they don't See, like... I love that there's a category for the people who hate categories. That, <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. That's all the anti-category yeah. people ever needed was their own yep, category. Exactly. I, I at one point lived uh, in South Africa and worked on a, a staff for missions organization down there uh, and they were super into Myers-Briggs. Oh, yeah. And the result was that I was the only thinker on a whole team of feelers. And so often in staff meetings, I would be told, well, Eric, you're the unfeeling robot. So let us explain what human emotion is to you. Uh, you know, I felt like... Give us an unbiased by humanistic uh, I felt like answer. caveman lawyer, you know, <laughs> Phil Hartman and old SNL, like, Bull, I'm just a caveman. I know nothing of what you speak. You know, but... Um, so you're teaching for us this week, actually you teach right. for Anthem Camry. So you guys have a cool rhythm on the fourth Sunday of the month. You actually don't meet for the Sunday morning gathering. You do something in the evening around worship and prayer and send out a sermon video. Do I have that right? That's right. That's been a, that's been a cool rhythm to watch. And, yep. 
um, and you're teaching for us, uh, we're going to be kind of in a, in a stretch here where we're getting some of our um, other teachers from our family of churches uh, into, it's just been a long run of me for a long time. And I think every pastor I've talked to has sort of had that sense of like, they've had their nose down for a season mm. um, and just some sense of like, uh, feeling maybe the burden to sort of shepherd your church through um, teaching, especially when that was kind of the only thing we had. Everything was remote and online, and so that was a big part of how we're leading, but also knowing that, like, hey, we're part of this beautiful family, and we actually need the other voices, and and our church needs more than than just me. You know, Ephesians talks, Ephesians 4 talks about all these different kinds of leaders and voices that are needed to build the church up into maturity. Um so that's all really, really long preamble to say, like, it's going to be you, but it's also going to be some of our other mm-hmm. family of church pastors in over the next couple of weeks, of which I'm so excited about. Um, but we're in John together. And I think actually us, Ventura Camarillo are on the same week. Sometimes we yeah. get off and we're, you know, we'll prep together and then we just kind of go and run. And sometimes it looks like a similar calendar and sometimes it's a little all over the place. Um, but I would love to hear your because you helped us prep John. Mm-hmm. We went away to our teaching intensive, mm-hmm. prepped John. I would love to hear what your takeaways were from prepping a teaching series with a whole with all of us monsters in a room <laughs> for, for a couple of days. I wouldn't say monsters. I loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting entering a, a situation like that where you're trying to find your spot, you know, okay. These are in, in some sense, there are some learned roles and everyone is, is fitting into their role and going for it. And, and to make it and, easy for you, none of them are spoken. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, it also, that's a fun, it's a fun challenge to, to get into it and, and try to figure out, you know, what do I, what do I bring to the table? Um, but it was, it was a super, uh, enjoyable experience. I loved getting to do it and get to be a part of that and get to see not only different people's gifts on display, but also just to get to be and live in this book for three days and kind of immerse yourself in it. Uh, and you know, it's exhausting, but it's so, so cool. Uh, so, you know, things coming out of John, obviously, you know, it's the gospel of belief. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were talking in our community group recently about how often John is like handed to people like, oh, you're a brand new Christian or you're exploring faith. Here, have John, which both makes sense and is terrifying because John, <laughs> yeah. like on the one hand, it is so simple sure. in terms of like, it's going to present Jesus and you got to decide you're going to believe or not, you know? Yeah. And it's this amazing picture of who he is. It's so tender, you know, yeah. it's the gospel of love. You know, that word just comes up so often. Uh, so it's, it's simple on the one hand and incredibly difficult sure. on the other hand. It's, sure. you know, some of the most aggressive that Jesus gets, you know, he's up in people's faces and it's, it's, you know, there, there's not as much conversation as hell as maybe some of the other, uh, gospels, but you get some hard teachings and some difficult, challenging theology yeah, and yeah. some long stretches of teaching, uh, which I just find fascinating that it's for the brand new and it's for those who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. It's for all of us. And there's, yeah. uh, you know, just the sense of if you, if you live in it, you will, bear fruit, you know? So good. Um, so it's really cool. You may have already answered this by kind of what you were saying a moment ago, but, um, I, I mean, obviously you're teaching this week, which will be great. It'll be, I'm, I'm, you know, I got to hear you record. And so I already have, I, I know what's going to be, and I'm, I'm so excited about it. Um, but for you, we're just sort of in the very beginning, you know, week three or four or whatever in John, um, what is for you maybe been like, 
something that's been a standout or something that you're particularly excited about, or maybe even as we, you know, we're in chapter one and staring down the barrel of another 20 chapters after mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. what are, what are some of the things that you are most excited about? And uh, as a way of maybe even to an, encourage our church or pull them in or draw them into the story of John. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one aspect of John is the, if you want to call it the, the dualism or the, there's these stark contrasts, yeah. you know, light and dark yeah. in out, you know, the, and his fights with the Pharisees, it's like, you're a son of the devil. No, you're a son of the devil. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like either you're with God or you're with the devil. There's no, there's sure. no middle ground. There's no yeah. fence. There's no in between, uh, you know, life or death, yeah. dark or light, you know, in or out. Uh, and so that's, it's kind of in your face a little bit. Uh, but there's also something, uh, there's invitation there. There's a sense of, okay, he's, he's, he's trying to put it in front of our face. So what, what is he offering? What is the life that's offered in this passage and what's the alternative? And to me, there's, there's something, um, life-giving it feels redundant, but there's something beautiful about getting to approach a text and say, okay, he said that there's life here. Hmm. Where, where's the life for me? Hmm. You know, and that's, that's what I want from our people. You know, it's, we, we could beat them, you know, in, into <laughs> a pulp with that, that verse, you know, these things were written that you might believe that yeah. Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. And I think we're going to repeat that ad nauseum yeah. over and over and over again. And yet that's what I want us to wrestle with. Like, mm. what are we being called to believe and where's the life? Yeah. You know, we don't want doctrine for doctrine's sake. Yeah. We want doctrine because it's about the living God. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, totally. we don't want, you know, Jesus for Jesus sake, because we like the club. We think there's actually life to be had there. Yeah. And in an age that I think is hurting and there's been so much pain, the offer of life sounds really good to me. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that other people are craving for that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you for sitting down with me. Of course, uh, it's this, fun. This has been super fun. Uh, I always look down on my little recorder clock that I have right in front. And I'm like, oh, we probably got another half hour in here. Yeah. <laughs> this is just fun. But thanks for sitting down. Thanks for being open, sharing a bit of who you are, who your family is. Uh, for the sake of our church, being able to get to know mm-hmm. you. I'm I'm so excited for our church to be in the text this weekend and so appreciate you serving our church in that way. And um, if I can just yeah, also please. just say thank you. I don't know if I say that on, on you know the recording of the sermon, but thank you, Ventura, Anthem Ventura, for for letting me come and, and say a few things. Uh, and thank you, Bert, for for letting us be here and be a part of this. It's it's a privilege, and I, I don't take that privilege lightly. So I'm very, very grateful. Love it. Well, yeah. sweet. Um, thanks so much for, yeah, for being here. And thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of whatever you're doing, washing dishes, going for a jog on your commute or whatever, and just for listening in. And even as we are on this People of Anthem series, getting to know people inside of our church, we're also getting to know people inside of our family of churches. And so I hope this is helpful. Hope it gives you some uh, greater Grace, love, appreciation for Eric as he is uh, serving us with the word this weekend. Um, And see everyone in your Anthem communities this weekend. Love you guys. We'll be back soon.